It is day five of Daf Chavdalad. We hold in the Gemara Daf Chavdalad on base about 17 lines up from the bottom of the page. The Gemara continues with the next case of the Mishnah, the 10th case, the 10th stringency of Kodesh over Truma as it relates to Tuma and Tara, ritual purity and impurity. The Mishnah said, we can eat dry foods with Tame, with contaminated hands, when it comes to Truma, but not in the case of Kodesh. We explain when we learn the Mishnah, just a bit of background, the reminder, in order for food to become Tame, it has to become a Mukhshar Lakabal Tuma. It has to be prepared to become Tame, which generally involves becoming wet. Once it's become wet, it is able to contract Tuma from something which is Tame, even if it's dried after it became wet. So when we learned the Mishnah, we said for some reason, the rabbis imposed a stringency on Kodesh that even though the hands are dry and the food is dry and has never been wet before, nonetheless, we do not allow a person or if a person touches that food when it's Kodesh food, then it becomes Tomei, but not in the case of Truma. The Gemara continues with a brisa which elaborates on this stringency and questions the understanding that we have when we learn the Mishnah. Tanya was taught in a brisa. Amri b'chanina ben Antignus. Rebbechanina ben Antignus said, Kodesh. Is there any advantage to something being dry in the case of Kodesh? Doesn't the esteem of Kodesh prepare them to be susceptible to Tumah even without their becoming wet? In other words, Rebbechanina ben Antignus says, there are more that there's more than one way for something to become prepared and ready, susceptible to become tummy. It's true that the main way of doing so is for an item to become wet. However, when it comes to Kodesh, we have another rule, and that is the esteem for Kodesh, the high regard that we have for them, the very honorable status that they have, their elevated status, that itself prepares them, makes them susceptible to becoming tummy even without their becoming wet. So if that's the case, it doesn't make sense to suggest that in the Mishnah there's a stringency of Kodesh over Truma that the rabbis imposed. That's not a stringency. That's just the reality of Kodesh. That there's a rule that when it comes to Kodesh, it doesn't need to become wet to become susceptible to, be, to receive Tuma because the fact that it's Kodesh, that it's lofty status, that itself makes it susceptible to become Tummy. So the Gemara questions the understanding of our Mishnah. So the Gemara continues, no, it must refer, it's not talking about a person who handles Kodesh with their bare, dry hands. It's talking about a case where a person's friend puts Kodesh food in their mouth for them. So a person's friend has Tahar hands. The person themselves who is receiving the food in their mouth has Tame hands. And that is the case that we're talking about. Or the person himself who has tummy hands put food into his own mouth using a toothpick or a stick, using a fork, using something that meant he didn't touch the food himself. So the Gemara says we're not talking about a case where a person handled Kodesh themselves and put it into their mouth. We're talking about where a person's friend whose hands were tahar handle the food and put it into the person's mouth, the person whose hands were tummy, or the person whose hands were tummy didn't actually touch the food. They used a toothpick or a stick or an implement to put their food in their mouth. And then what did they do? They wanted to eat a radish or an onion of chulin with them. They wanted to pick up something that was not kodesh and put that in their mouth. But that they wanted to use their own hands, their own bare hands to touch the food. 
So in this case, the rabbis were concerned for Kodesh, that they shouldn't be simultaneously eaten with the chulin food that was taken from his tummy hands. But with Truma, they were not concerned. What was the concern? The concern was that as a person lifts this onion or radish and puts it in their mouth, that their hand that is putting it in their mouth might inadvertently touch the Kodesh that is already in their mouth. So again, the Gemara says, we're not talking here about a case where a person touched Kodesh food with their bare hands that were tummy, because in that case, it's true, the very reality of Kodesh elevates it to a status that it can be susceptible to become tummy, even if it's not wet. And we would render the food, the Kodesh tummy, and we wouldn't need a Mishnah to tell us that there was a special stringency of the rabbis, because that is another rule that we have about Kodesh. That's just a reality of Kodesh, a rule we have elsewhere. Rather, the case we're talking about where the rabbis impose the stringency on Kodesh is where a person has tummy hands, but the Kodesh food that makes its way into their mouth is not, did not get there by touching their bare tummy hands. They used either a fork or an implement or somebody else who had tahar hands put the Kodesh food into their mouth. But then after that, the person who had tummy hands wanted to pick up a radish or an onion that was not Kodesh and put it in their mouth to eat it along with the Kodesh food in their mouth. At that point, the rabbi said, look, if it's Kodesh in your mouth, we're concerned that as you lift up the onion or the radish and put it in your mouth, your hand that's tummy might touch the Kodesh food inadvertently that's in your mouth and render it tummy. And they were concerned about Kodesh. They made a stringency about Kodesh. But if the food that we're dealing with that was put into their mouth was Truma, the food was not Kodesh, but Truma. So then we're not concerned that when they lift up the Chulin, the non-Truma food, and put it in their mouth, the onion or the radish, we're not concerned. We do not, we're not Goza. We don't impose a stringency that we say maybe their hand that's Tommy will touch the Truma in their mouth. We don't go that far with Truma, only with Kodesh. The Gemara continues with the last case of the Mishnah. The Mishnah said the final stringency of Kodesh over Truma as it relates to Tuma and Tara was her onen and mechusa kippurim. An onen and a mechusa kippurim require going to the mikveh, they require immersion before they eat Kodesh, but not before they eat Truma. We explain when we learn the Mishnah that an onen is someone who's one of his seven close relatives has passed away. And biblically, they are an onen until nightfall on the day that the death occurred. They're not allowed to eat Kodesh. A mechusa kippurim is, means someone who lacks atonement. That means someone who, who as part of their purification process from becoming Tomei, is required to bring an offering at the conclusion of their Tumah. That's part of the purification process for some forms of ritual impurity. Like, for example, Azov. Azov has to wait a certain number of days, seven days, go to the mikveh, and then on the eighth day, they have to bring a certain set of korbanos. So a Kippurim is someone who's gone through all the purification process. They've waited however many days they have to wait. They have waited till nightfall, but they haven't yet brought the korban. So in such a case, in both of these cases, even after the Aninus period of the Onin passes and he ceases to be an Onin, or even after the Mechusa Kippurim has brought his offering, he's not allowed to eat Kodesh, the Mishnah says, without first immersing himself in a mikveh we add an extra requirement that after the korban is brought for a Mechusa Kippurim or after the Aninus period passes, they're not allowed to eat Kodesh until they go to the mikveh. My time of the Gemara says, what's the reason that they require immersion for Kodesh? Because until this time, they were forbidden to eat Kodesh. A Mechusa Kippurim and an Onin are both forbidden to eat Kodesh while they're in that state. And therefore, 
since they were not able to eat Kodesh until this point, the rabbis required them to undergo tefillah before partaking of Kodesh. But that is a particular rule only with respect to Kodesh, because since they were permitted to eat Truma, even while they were an Onin, or even while they were in Mechus there's no rational reason why we would have to say that they should have to go to the Mikvah before they eat Truma. But Kodesh, they weren't able to eat when they were in that state of Aninus or Mechus and therefore we require them to go to the Mikvah before they eat Kodesh. We're going to hold it for today and hold it for the week. We'll continue with the new Mishnah at the start of next week. Please God, I wish you all a very good Shabbos. Shabbat Shalom to you all.